If we self-determine that we are going to live under the boundaries of darkness because we do not desire to operate in the plan of God that has been approved by Jesus, by God through the works of Jesus Christ, then what we are doing is, is we are limiting the ability of the Godhead to profit us. So what do we do? We live in the stories of the Old Testament, never in the reality of the New Testament. We live under the condemnation, if you will, of a doctrine that is leading us not to be all that Jesus Christ, as approved by God, determined that we should be and that we could be. And we have limited and put boundaries around ourselves until the enemy sits back and the enemy uh, doesn't have much of a fight with us anymore. We attempt in, a, in, the dark, in the world of darkness's intellect, and we fail. We make decisions in the world of darkness's intellect, and we fail. We go into struggle, trouble, hurt. What happens? We begin to look for other avenues. That's what the world has done because they never understood the concept of following in the pattern of Jesus Christ so that we could come into the knowledge of truth and profit with all. So we try alcohol, we try drugs, we try a social gospel, we try a self-help gospel, a self-motivation gospel, we try a gospel of positive thinking, and all of those lead us to the same outcome. That outcome is that we fail. The world system of wisdom, understanding, knowledge, all of those have boundaries and borders. Even those that are so wise as to entangle themselves with things such as drug dealing or drug selling, they always come to a place where their worldly wisdom has reached the boundary. They come against the legal system. They come against others that are selling drugs, whatever the case may be. When your worldly system reaches the border where the edge is the only thing left, what's going to happen? Struggle, trial, trouble, turmoil, failure. But in the plan of God, God never planned for you to fail. No, no, no. God planned for you through the plan of Jesus Christ, the portions of grace that were accompanied to his life. God planned for you to profit. He planned for you to be more than an overcomer. He planned for you to be the one who had the greater one living in him. He planned for you to be as he is, so would we be in this world. But we have chosen to self-determine that the fallen world and their wisdom and their intellect was more accessible and acceptable than the word of God. And we have disapproved of the thing God has approved of.
Think about that. This worldly thinking is a recipe for disaster, particularly for those who name the name of Jesus in the cross. Because every time they get close to something good, this is what will happen. One of two things. The something good will turn on them and serve to be their own destruction. Why? Because the devil, like a roaring lion, is seeking to devour whomever he may. Or, when you get to something good, that something good will so engulf you that you will replace the God of the cross the Jesus on the cross with the thing that you now possess in your natural man. I was listening to a coach talk the other day about how wonderful coaching was and how having a great wife and all of that is. Then he said these words. He said, I want you to know that coaching will take over everything else in your life. Coaching will so encompass you that you will not be able to see or think anything but coaching. Think about that. Coaching will so, you'll be so in deep in coaching that you'll have to have a wife to take care of your house, your family, your kids, your house, your car. Ask me how I know. Read my book. My friend, when you get the thing that the world says will make you known, there's only two things that are going to happen from there. You're either going to have it so encompass you that it becomes your life. It becomes your breath and your thoughts. Ben Hogan said one day about his greatness in golf, if you want to be great, you have to live it, breathe it, sleep it. You have to get up in the morning with it. You have to go with it throughout the day. You have to practice, practice, practice incessantly. It has to become who you are. Well, that's the life, my friend, that the devil is trying to lead you into. Either it will destroy you, you will fail and fall and be destroyed by it, or it will encompass you until it becomes who you are, what you're doing, and you will rise and fall with its success. See, these are the things that your natural intellect is leading you to. These are the things that your natural intellect is trying to get you to operate in natural boundaries. But the Word of God is not so. In the end, for the one who understands the ministry of the Godhead through all three supernatural influences, the will of God is and can be completed in us. We must not be unaware of this information because the risks that these two places of gaining and then losing or gaining and it replacing, becoming an idol, and you live to that idol, are entirely too vulnerable. They are entirely too vulnerable to the devourer. So those who live in the Spirit of God, as organized by the Godhead, are not living under the rules. 
that are attached to the fallen. We're living by the rules that are attached to the rule and reign of our King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and therefore in his kingdom we thrive. Verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members, all of that one body, being many, are one body, so is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. In the, if the foot say, shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not the body, it is therefore, is it therefore not of the body? If the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. Think about that. He has set the members in the body as it has been profitable for him. And they, as and if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. In the plan of God, God orchestrated everything in the Godhead to be able to allow the gifts of the Spirit to profit you so that you would never say, well, I can operate in this divine gift, but not in that divine gift. Of course, in our day, the gift that everybody wants to deny, the gift that everybody wants to turn against, the gift that everybody wants to say is no longer functioning is not wisdom. It's not knowledge. It's not discernment of spirits. It's not faith, healing, or miracles. And it certainly isn't prophecy. It's tongues and interpretation. But Jesus is saying, Paul is saying here, for uh, if they were all members, where, where, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet one body? And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again to the head, to the feet, I have no need of thee. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. In other words, all of the gifts of the Spirit are required for the purpose of profiting the believer. All of them. Paul said that when you speak in an unknown tongue, think about this, you profit yourself because you're speaking directly to God. You profit yourself because you are communicating directly into the throne room of God. You profit yourself because you're talking a language that God understands and from there your prayer communication takes on a completely different realm. So my friend, there is nothing in Paul's teaching in 1 Corinthians 12 that tells us that one is greater or better, but it tells us that all are necessary. All are necessary. The, 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 the nine 
gifts of the Spirit are necessary for you to be able to communicate with the heavenly realm and to have the heavenly realm communicate to you in such a fashion that as they communicate, you are placed in the position to profit. You're profiting spiritually. You're profiting naturally. You are profiting with Christ in you. You are profiting with the Spirit working out of you. And you are becoming engaged with the very mind of Christ. Now this is what Paul is teaching us here. There is no doubt about it. Paul is not determining for the church of God and those members of the church of God who are located at Corinth that these gifts of the Spirit are passing away, are no longer needed, are no longer in operation, are no longer a part of God's plan for the church. Paul, in fact, is teaching us the prescription and the definition of how they interact with the church and from where that interaction is occurring and then how that interaction will cause you to profit both spiritually and naturally and be brought into a place that has no limitations. I want to say it again. The fallen world has boundaries and limitations on their wisdom and knowledge. You know, Satan was full of wisdom and beauty. It had limitations. What was the limitation? When it came against God, God cast him out. It had boundaries and limitations. It could not be God. It did not have the splendor nor the beauty to be God. And whenever that fallen nature came against God, God found no use for it and cast it down. The message is that in the Spirit we can profit with all because from the Spirit world we can take on the character, nature, and personality of the Christ who lives in us, the glory of God that is living in us in abundance of grace and mercy long-suffering, goodness, and truth, and we can then expose that through an expression into our world from the supernatural that so impacts the natural that we see the ministry of miracles, the ministry of faith, the ministry of prophecy, the ministry of wisdom, knowledge, discernment of spirits, the ministry of the miraculous become available to us. How could we ever profit from such? How could we ever have an advantage from such? Well, God has given us the means in Jesus Christ to live that advantage in the now to be as eternal as we will ever be and to operate through His Spirit in the now in such a way that we can live a life of both spiritual, mental, emotional, physical, and natural manifestations of the promises of God that are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. Jesus. 
Father, I thank you for the word of God. I pray that you'll continue to bless. Open our eyes that we can see, our ears that we can hear, and our heart that we can understand what the word of God is saying to us. And we will give you praise and honor and glory for all of it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ, who is our high priest, our Lord, and our man in the Godhead. Amen and amen. Well, find him as Lord. There you will find him as the one who is in total control of heaven, earth, and hell. Find him as the man in the Godhead, and from there he will speak to you, and he will lead you and guide you into things that you could not know otherwise. He will take the bounds and the limitations of the natural off of you, and he will show you things to come. May God bless you until we speak again.